and welcome to Devotions on the Psalms, Israel's Songbook, a podcast by Christ Lutheran Church in Brea, California. Hi everyone, Pastor Bill Bruno. I uh, am going to present to you today a devotion on Psalm 82. It's a short psalm, but at the same time a little bit difficult to interpret. So let's uh, begin with prayer. Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, the sovereign of all, the creator of all things, the sovereign of the universe, Lord, we acknowledge you as being in charge. We come to you, Lord, in faith, trusting in your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for sending your son, Jesus, as a redeemer, our savior, and our friend. Be with us today as we look at Psalm 82 and help us to apply it to our world and to our lives. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. I'm gonna go ahead and read from the NIV, uh, this Psalm 82, and it's fairly short, just eight verses. So you can follow along with whatever whatever uh, version you have. And it is another one of the Psalms of Asaph. God presides in the great assembly. He gives judgment among the gods. How long will you defend the unjust and show partiality to the wicked? Defend the cause of the weak and fatherless. Maintain the rights of the poor and oppressed. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They know nothing. They understand nothing. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods. You are all sons of the Most High, but you will die like mere men. You will fall like every other ruler. Rise up, O God, judge the earth, for all the nations are your inheritance. So this is a short psalm, and uh, and scholars have said a lot of things about it, and it is... Um, uh, it, it is theologically profound as a psalm, but it is also very difficult to interpret. However, we're going to do our best to, to, uh, to do so. As we look at it as the outline of this particular psalm, there's really kind of uh, five points here in the overall structure of the psalm. The first part, of course, is verse one, where God stands and judges in the assembly. Uh, and it says in the assembly of the gods. Now we'll get to that word gods in a little bit here. Um, gods are confronted over their injustice. That's verses two to four. Uh, chaos is left because of the gods. That's verse five. Then uh, verses six and seven, the, the gods are confronted with their own mortality. And then lastly, the last verse, God is asked to rise in the assembly and to judge the earth. So there's really uh, three parts of of an outline here. Uh, One of my favorite things is to do outlines ahead of time when I do my sermons. I'm I'm big on that, but usually I do three, uh, three parts in, in a sermon. Not always, but many times I do. So the first part of the psalm, Uh, asserts that the supreme authority of God is over everything. 
uh, every supernatural power over everything. And the interpretive crux of the matter here in Psalm 82 is the identity of the gods. Okay, we'll get to that in a little bit. We're not going to look at that right away, but I wanted to spend some time on that. Um, and then secondly, we have uh, in verses three and four, the uh, the ultimate subject matter here really is is the weak and the orphan, the lowly and, and the destitute that in essence have been forgotten by these gods, small g. And then lastly, the third part of the outline, part three, is that the Psalms theology reaches forward into the biblical drama. The New Testament shows that the Son of God will come again in his glory to judge the heavens and the earth. So that's that's really kind of the outline of the entire uh, psalm. Now, be that as it may, what about this uh, these verses that talk about the gods? Well, um, the Hebrew word there is Elohim, which is plural, means gods, but that word is also used to refer to God himself uh, in, in the singular. So um, it is, of course, the true God, but it says that God presides in the great assembly. He gives judgment among the gods. So here the, the interpretation is that gods refers to magistrates, judges, uh, other people who hold authority and rule. And so that it's calling upon the human magistrate, a, a god, so to speak, and, it's, and it indicates three things. First, he has authority over uh, human beings. And secondly, uh, the power is yielded as civil authority then is to be feared. And that's a la um, Romans 13, which you've heard a lot of in the last few months. And then he derives his power and authority from God himself. Uh, so this is a picture of, of this uh, judging the whole earth that's mentioned in verse eight, if you look there. Now, um, this is timely for us today as we look at what's happening in our nation, what's happening especially in our nation's capital, that uh, there is um, uh, ultimately this authority that, that the American people have elected, which is accountable not just to us, but ultimately to God himself. And, and we need to hold them accountable, of course, and God certainly does. So the use of the term gods here is to refer to human beings. And this is rare. Uh, it's found in the Old Testament and other places uh, where, where God sends Moses to come before Pharaoh. And, and there it says, I, see, I have made you like God to Pharaoh. So you see there, uh, this simply means that Moses was a messenger of God, that he speaks God's words and therefore uh, is a representative to the king on behalf of God himself. In other uh, areas, the, the Hebrew word Elohim sometimes is translated judge or judges. And um, this, this passage here is saying that God has appointed men and women to, to positions of authority uh, in which they are considered as gods among the people. They are to remember that even though they are representing God in this world, they are mortal uh, they eventually have to give account to God for what they do and what they say and, and how they act. And, and now let's, let's uh, look at how Jesus uh, would handle this particular passage because Jesus 
claimed in, in John chapter 10, verses, with, verses 25 to 30, that, uh, that he is the Son of God. And of course, he is. So the unbelieving Jews respond by, by charging him with blasphemy. And, and so here, since he is the Son of God, since he is God in the flesh, Jesus then quotes Psalm 82, 6, in reminding the Jews that the law refers to mere men as gods, the, the small g. And then Jesus, uh, at this point, uh, say, says to them, you know, you charge me with blasphemy based upon the use of the term or the title son of God, yet your own scriptures apply the same term to magistrates in general. So if those who hold a divinely appointed office can be considered gods, small g, how much more then can the one who, who is God uh, be recognized among us? So in contrast, we have the, the, uh, another uh, interpretation of this word gods uh, where we have the serpent's lie to Eve in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, sorry, in the Garden of Eden, rather. Uh, and, and the evil one says, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. But what happened was that this is a, a half-truth and their eyes were opened, but they didn't become like God. In fact, just the opposite. They lost their authority. They lost, uh, uh, they, rather than gaining the authority, and Satan deceived uh, Eve about the ability to become like the true God and, and led uh, Adam and Eve into this, uh, this desolate problem. And, and here Jesus uh, defended his claim to become the son of God or be the son of God based on biblical and semantic grounds. Uh, there is a sense in which influential people can be thought of as gods. Therefore, the Messiah can rightly and truly apply the term to himself. Human beings are not gods or little gods in that sense, but we are we are not God. God is God. And, and we know that Christ, uh, in Christ, we are God's children. But we know, first of all, that God is sovereign, that he is in charge, and, um, and that uh, we are accountable to him and our leaders whom we elect are accountable to him as well. So that, my friends, is, is the essence of what Psalm 82 is talking about. So we bow our heads in prayer. Gracious Father in heaven, uh, in the midst of uh, what seems to be uh, tremendous chaos and division within our country, Lord, we know that you are sovereign. You are our king. You are the one to whom we are accountable. Lord, we ask that, um, that more and more people realize this, that the authority that is given to people is from you and from nowhere else. And so we ask, Lord, for your, your peace, for your comfort. Uh, we ask for your blessing upon President-elect Biden as he takes the office this coming Wednesday. We pray, Lord, that all of this goes well that goes peacefully, and that the transition of power would go well. We ask all of this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessings to you, my friends. Until next time, uh, we will ask God's peace be with you. Thank you for joining us. As a reminder, follow Christ Bray on all social media outlets and visit ChristBray.org.